First, though, a case here in Buffalo argued this morning before the U.S. Supreme Court. This is related back to the Buffalo Billion scandal and the two men that you see on the right there. Our partners at Investigative Post first exposed back in 2014 that a state official, Elaine Calieros, who you see there, and local developer, Louis Simonelli, rigged the bidding process so that Simonelli's construction company would get the contract to build a massive plant at Riverbend. It is now the home to Tesla's Gigafactory. Reporting on the Buffalo Billion scandal stands as some of the most impactful journalism Investigative Post has produced in its 10 years of keeping a watchful eye on the Queen City. In that decade, the state of journalism has faced hardships, layoffs, cutbacks, entire publications folding. But Investigative Post has weathered the storm. Jeff Kelly sat down with editor Jim Heaney to talk about those first 10 years and what's to come. For Investigative Post, I'm Garrett Looker, and this is Reporter's Notebook. So, Jim, Investigative Post is concluding its 10th year of publishing. What were you expecting when you launched this enterprise? Um, I can't say there's been any great surprises. I'm not sure if I knew exactly what I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not uh, sure you knew exactly what I knew you were I doing But I knew what I was getting out of, which was an unhappy existence at the Buffalo News. Um, uh, you know, I expected it. You know, I, I had run businesses before. I, I used to uh, I, I ran a hockey business on the side for, uh, for 24 years. I uh, started a weekly paper in the Ken Bailey neighborhood when I was like 23 years old. So um, I kind of had a flair for startups. Um, I just, I wanted to put my ideas into play and I knew I was going to have to be, uh, I'd have to have my own operation in order to do those things. So I kind of just plowed ahead with, uh, I guess, confidence that I could pull it off and would be able to figure things out as I went along. And, and how has it shaken out? Give me the good, the bad, and the ugly. Start. Let's start with the good. What's uh, well, the good is I, I think I, I think we've established ourselves uh, uh, as a high quality news outlet. Uh, I think we've broken a lot of big stories. I, you know, the Buffalo Billion scandal is is probably the best known of those. Um, we've done a lot of work early on involving lead poisoning that I think has uh, has probably saved a lot of kids from from lead poisoning, although there's a lot more work that the city needs to do. I, I think of late we've done really good work uh, covering the, the proposal to build uh, the Buffalo Bills a new stadium. I think a lot of the coverage in, in other news outlets has been uh, of the cheerleader variety. I think we've really done a smart job of tackling the, the real issues. And uh, just really just asking questions. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not so much. It's not so much throwing hand grenades. It's really just asking common sense questions. Yeah, you know, like, right? okay, we're going to spend a billion dollars. You know, what, what are we getting in return? <laughs> and why? Why are we doing it? Yeah. Why are we spending the money to begin with? Yeah. Uh, and I think that underscores what our, I think, the role that we've taken on in the kind of media, media ecosystem, which is the, being the news outlet that's very independent, uh, very unafraid of asking 
the uh, the uh, the difficult questions, the you know seeking the inconvenient truths. If I could quote, <laughs> qu- quote Al, Al Gore for a minute. Um, so you know, I expected we were going to do good work, and and we've we've uh, we've met you know my expectations on that. All right. Well, that's some of the good. How about the bad? You know, I think the bad is um, has been the stonewalling of of public officials. Um, you know, it's gotten prog- it's I've been around a while. No, I was it, just going to say it's not like that's new. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's gotten exponentially worse in the last ten years. Um, you know, we had a governor named Andrew Cuomo who just did not believe in the public's right to know. Uh, Kathy Hochul is really not much better, if any. Uh, City Hall, Byron Brown has been uh, pretty hostile toward uh, anybody who's who's not friendly toward him. Um, you know, of late, even Mark Poncar's uh, ha- hasn't been uh, has has not been easy to deal with. Um, so I, I think just this this growing uh, anti-press sentiment, which is really rooted in uh, contempt for the public's right to know. You know, these politicians think that government is theirs, and it's not. It's ours. And uh, so I, that's been a real challenge. I, you know, and it's not just exclusive to Investigative Post. I, I think reporters in general who have been around a while will will agree <laughs> will, yeah. will agree with me on that. But I think it's gotten it's been especially tough on us because we are, you know, all we do is investigative reporting. So when we call somebody, they, they they have a pretty good idea, a pretty good idea that eh, this probably isn't going to turn we're, out. We're not calling us. to advertise your church picnic. It's true. <laughs> Just, you know, I haven't been around as long as you, but I've been around for a while. And one thing that strikes me about the, um, about the Stonewalling is it, it used to be if you, if you called an elected official or a department head or what have you uh, with an uncomfortable story, they might avoid taking your call. They might not call you back. They might refuse to comment. They may refuse to release documents. What, what, or, you know, they may do all those things. Nowadays, they seem to just even to deny that the problem even exists. That seems to be like their, their first step, their go-to is to, is to claim you're making it up. And that's a real change, and it's really hard to deal with. Uh, yeah, but it's you know, and and, and I think is 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 newer, younger reporters come to us. And Jeff, you've been with me for a while now, actually going all the way back to the beginning because I was when you were running Art Voice. I that's where we were running our our print stuff. Um, and I think some of our younger reporters uh, from uh, coming in from out of uh, out of the market are, are a little taken aback at that uh, because it's it's not this bad. In other places, yeah, well, that's an important lesson to learn. Yeah. Like, right for people who live here too, it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not that way. And you know, Steve Brown from Channel Two, who who left about a year ago, I, I keep in touch with Steve, and he's in Indianapolis now. And and he, he, you know, we talked on the phone a while back, and he says it's not it's not brutal there the way it is here. Uh, it's just there's something about New York State. Something about Buffalo, where these politicians uh, just uh, just don't want to be questioned, don't want to be scrutinized. Uh, again, government they think is theirs, not ours. Yeah. 
Well, that already sounds like the ugly, but let's, <laughs> let's well, we've gotten the well, good and the bad. Yeah. Let's well, move on to the truly ugly. Well, 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 from an investigative post perspective, there really hasn't been much ugly. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I, I haven't really, I haven't had any major screw-ups. Um, there's been challenges along the way, but we've been able to negotiate all those without, without a great deal of difficulty. I, I think if there's something, and I don't know if ugly's maybe too strong of a word, but um, I think the media landscape here in town has certainly taken a turn for the worse. Um, you know, the Buffalo News has downsized a lot. I mean, when I was when I left the news uh, in 2011, the newsroom had about 145 people in it. They're down to less than half of that. I think with uh, with accounting management, they're at about between uh, around 70. Um, and there's been a huge cutback in um, in coverage, really everything but sports. Sports is mushroomed. Uh, because that's what gets the traffic on their website. Uh, but there's been just massive cutbacks in coverage. Um, and the decline in circulation and distribution as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, the paper now, actually the, the paper right now sells, I can't speak to their digital uh, uh, circulation, so to speak. But print-wise, uh, the paper, uh, Channel 2 and Channel 4, get as many viewers on their 6 o'clock news as, as the daily paper sells print copies. It's, you know, 50, 55,000 a day. Um, and the news used to just dominate. So you've got the daily paper uh, on, the, on the decline. Um, uh, the TV stations are also losing audience, but not nearly as rapidly. And they're in better shape financially. And we have a long-standing and very valuable partnership with Channel 2. Yeah, which has really helped to put us in the map because, um, again, you know, we're typically in a 5.30 or 6 o'clock newscast, and that's, you know, that's 50, 55, 60,000 viewers. Uh, so you, you were a print reporter your entire career up until – very early on with Investigative Post. May you, 2012. 2012. My, my first TV appearance. You established <laughs> a uh, what has been a really good partnership with, with Channel 2, with WGRZ. How was that adjustment? That was a huge adjustment because, um, you know, being a newspaper reporter, you know, no, first nobody knows who you are. You know, I, I used to they say— They certainly don't know what you look like. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was— um, I can remember. Uh, I can remember telling people when I worked at the news. You know, the only people who care about your byline is is your mother, <laughs> and the and the people you write about. Right. Nobody else. You're you're pretty much anonymous. Um, when I first started at Channel Two, uh, it was it, it was it was great in the sense that in terms of growing a brand awareness for Investigative Post, um, boy. People know who you are. Uh, Quickly. People stop you on the street. Yeah. I, matter of fact, the very first time I was on, uh, I, I, I left the station and I had to stop at the drugstore on the way home. And it was, it was maybe half an hour after I'd been on the air. And this woman stops him in the aisle of the Rite Aid and says, Hey, hey, didn't I just see you on television? <laughs> right. it, it was like immediate. Um, you, know, you know, the adjustment... Actually, TV work is uh, 
TV work is really hard. Um, I, I, I came to uh, rather quickly to have a, a, a newfound respect for good TV journalism because, you know, if you're a print reporter, you know, it's basically it's you and your keyboard. And, uh, and you don't have to, you know, your biggest worry is, is the copy desk going to write a bad headline on your story? Uh, and is your editor going to make you trim more of your story than you want? But you're, you're really in control. Uh, television, it's, it's you're, you're working. It's much more of a collaborative effort. You know, your story needs good visuals, which means your, your camera person needs to be on the ball. Um, a lot of people don't like going on camera, uh, so it's more of a challenge to get people, especially with investigative reporting. Um, and uh, it, it's just uh, much more labor-intensive. You know, transcribing interviews, it was, it, it's just very hard work. And, um, you know, Channel 2 was, was very good to work with in that regard because, you know, they got people down there that won, won tons of Emmys and, you know, uh, and, and, and Jeff, I'm sure you've had the same experience. I think everybody, I, I've only hired a couple of people here who had TV experience. For the most people, I'm hiring print reporters because of the reporting skills. And then you learn the broadcasting part of it. I mean, what's been the yeah, challenge no, for it's, you? I mean, it's a, it was, the, the challenge is twofold. One is first to take the story into which you've put, you know, a fair amount of work, exhaustive research, spent a lot of time writing it and interviewing people. And then to reduce it to its essential elements, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we're lucky in that Channel 2 gives us three, four minutes, sometimes more to do a story, much longer than the, the day turns that their, that their staff reporters get uh, for the most part. But even still, you have to get it to its essential elements, right? And then you have to stand in front of a camera and sell it yourself. Mm -hmm. And that part, that last part in particular, was very difficult for me. Uh, it remains sort of difficult. I'm nowhere near as good as their staff reporters are. But once I, once I gave myself over to it, it turns out to be kind of fun. And it's very gratifying, as you say, to reach a big audience and to get feedback on stories uh, from unexpected quarters as a result. Actually, you know, I'd say... A fair amount of the time, I actually wind up liking the TV version more than the online version, uh, just because you know when the visuals are there, and 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 like you say, you got to boil it down to its its uh, its essence. Uh, it packs a punch. It holds people people's attention, and it's it's actually pretty gratifying. There's, right. There's less watchdog journalism being done in Buffalo today than there was certainly when I was at the Buffalo News, you know, you know, back in the day, so to speak. You know, there wasn't a, a full-time investigative reporting team of half a dozen people, and uh, you know, and so we've got. And and actually, just talking about the turnover. I mean, I've I've been running investigative posts for ten years now. Uh, you take all the news directors and editor-in-chiefs in town, uh, you know, collectively have less than 10 years in the job because there's just been so much turnover. Um, That's wild yeah. to think of. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I'm literally the gray beard. You're the longest but, tenured but I'm, editor. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm figuratively, yeah, uh, the same. So... Uh, you know, and, and, and that's not a good development in, in terms of the kind of decline 
of local uh, local media because that's how the public finds out what people in power are doing. And there's f fewer reporters uh, covering the same number of politicians, spending more and more of our money, and um, the less scrutiny, the more opportunity there is for, for misconduct. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, as I don't need to tell you, uh, I came from 20 years of working for alt-weeklies, editing alt-weeklies, uh, mostly here, a little bit in Pittsburgh, um, 10 years in aggregate at Art Voice, and then four and a half years with the public. And now there's nothing. There is no alt-weekly in town. And, that and why is that? Why is that? Because for the same reason, uh, many of the same reasons that daily newspapers are shrinking, that uh, the print advertising model is just not sustainable anymore uh, for a variety of reasons. The, you know, the value of print advertising is not as clear to advertisers as it once was. Um, that distribution method is expensive. Printing is expensive. I mean, what drove the public one of the many factors that drove the public out of business was a huge increase in the price of printing. And alt-weeklies, you know, scrappy little alt-weeklies that, 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 you know, that are bomb throwers, you know, that like to disrupt uh, civic conversations. Our margins are so paper thin that just the slightest disruption in the business model was fatal. Yeah. Um, and it's happening across the country. Uh, cities, especially mid-sized cities like Buffalo, are losing those alternative voices, uh, which, yeah. which again creates an opportunity for not-for-profits like Investigative Post. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, what's also happening with media, and it's happened here, and it's happening across the country, is, is the, the so-called legacy media, television, and, uh, and newspapers are now owned by by corporate chains headquartered far, far away. I, it's, it's getting tougher for those outlets because in the case of the news, there's just a lot fewer people. And in the case of TV, uh, their staffs are being asked to produce more and more content. Uh, so they're, they're stretched thin. But, you know, everybody's doing the best they can. But it's, um, you know, the good old days uh, look, uh, they're, they're, the good old days might have never been quite as good as people would have thought, but but they were certainly better than they are now for for the legacy um, outlets. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're chugging along. I mean, we're unlike most of the rest. We're, we're growing. Our audience is growing. Our staff is growing. Um, you know, nonprofits. When I started Investigative Post, there were only about four or five dozen nonprofits in the whole country. <clears throat> news news nonprofits that is now I think they're over 400 so it's definitely a growing trend we can't take the place of a television station or a or a daily newspaper I mean we've got four reporters hopefully soon to be five but um, you know that's that's not a ton of people uh, what we can do is fill a niche and that niche being investigative and analytical reporting which tends to be one of the first things that, that gets cut when in the face of all this economic decline <laughs> uh, because that's expensive. When, when I was at the news, uh, I, you know, there were reporters that were producing three or 400 
stories a day. I mean, a, a year. You know, I was doing 50, maybe 100, but I was doing the, the deep dive kind of stuff. And, you know, when money gets tight, uh, what goes? The, the work that you get 100 stories a year out of or the work that you get right. 400 stories a year right. out of? How much space are you filling yeah, in the paper? Yeah. And, and now there's the dynamic of clicks. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, so the Buffalo Bills get a lot of coverage because they generate a lot of clicks. Is that, you know, is that good for the community uh, at the expense of local journalism? No, it's not. But that's, but, yeah. but that's the way it well, is. Well, that's an interesting question. So, so Investigative Post is a not-for-profit, you know, so we're not looking at advertising revenue. Uh, certainly we're measuring, like, the attention given to a story. But, but how do you? As, as, the, as the executive director and the editor, how do you measure the success of a story of the institution? I think the impact it has out there. Uh, I mean, a good example, obvious example is the Buffalo Billion. I mean, it got the attention of federal prosecutors. They brought charges. They got convictions. People went to jail. Uh, that's kind of at the extreme end. But I think in a lot of cases, you know, we're able to move the needle. People pay attention to something because it gets reported. And uh, most of what we do are stories that uh, would not have been reported otherwise. So, um, so it's, 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 it's impact. Is, is, and, and, you know, it's nice when a story gets uh, a lot of traffic. Uh, but I don't really judge stories based on traffic. It's I know a good story when I see it. That's lucky for me, uh, <laughs> listeners, because nobody reads my story. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Stop. Actually, you've had some of the best. I mean, your stuff on racism in the police department got uh, got a healthy audience. You got a few views. Yeah. Uh, so 10 years down, how does the second decade start? What do you have in store? Well, you know, after the, uh, the Tops massacre back in May, um, I, I made a decision that uh, we needed to double down on coverage of urban affairs reporting. I mean, we've done a lot over the years, lead poisoning, police misconduct, um, but I wanted to really uh, focus on issues that are the root cause of racism and poverty in this community. And so what we've done is um, I, I've, I've heard a reporter, Ejez Jassil, who is focused uh, on, uh, on housing in the city. Um, we brought on, on board uh, Garrett Looker, who is spending a portion of his time on city schools and root causes of segregation, uh, ongoing right. root causes of segregation. Uh, and, um, and I've raised a, a critical mass of money that will allow us to hire a criminal justice reporter Hopefully in the first quarter of the year. So we're going to be um, we're going to be doubling down on on coverage that gets to the root of problems. Not just doesn't report about the symptoms, but you know trying. And and I, I think it's I, I think our role is really important because when you look at the coverage resulting from the top shooting, there was a lot of coverage around the shooting itself, um, but the coverage of the black community has really not 
changed uh, in most of the other outlets. They're still going about business as usual, and we're really trying to we're really trying to do something that's I think a lot more aggressive, a lot more in depth, a lot more ambitious. Um, so I think you know uh, I, I think that combined with what Dale Shoemaker's doing um, on, uh, on the economy, which is going to have an element to it as well. I think we're going to just uh, we're going to keep focusing on what we focus on. Uh, we'll do a lot with politics, uh, the economy, affairs. We're going to just keep just keep digging, you know, digging hard at, at the core issues that we're. You know, with four or five people, we we can't be all things to all people. Uh, what we can do is we can take certain topics and kind of own them. And uh, I think we've done a good job of that. And, uh, you know, as we raise more money, uh, we'll continue to hire more reporters and, and, and provide more coverage. So, you know, I'm hoping in the next couple of years, uh, you know, we can continue to add staff, expand coverage, and uh, continue to be. A, I think I think a, I think we're an important part of the ecosystem here uh, because what we do, what we're doing more of, is what everybody else is doing. So, and, uh, and I think what we do is really 